Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Masters of the Air by Story Archives. I'm your host, Mario Busto, alongside the other host, Zachary Newton. Welcome back. I don't know why I said that so AI-like. I don't movie. know. You got real soft, too. It was, really, it was interesting. It was different. Soft? I, you know what it is, is that I'm half asleep right now, so I'm trying not to sound <laughs> like, I'm, like I'm fully asleep. Um, so, yeah, we're doing a morning recording here. It was a late, late one the night before, but we're back with Masters of the Air. Episode three, titled Part Three. <laughs> uh, so half the platoon dies in this one, Zach. Yeah, yeah. Just right out the gate, let's, we'll, we'll put that out there. there there's... Well, you know, you know, the tone is different yeah. immediately because oh, yeah. there's none of the there's none of the introduction. It's just straight to the debrief, and that's kind of like the this the mood, the tone setter of like, hey, this mission's different. I know the last two have been really intense. We lost a couple people, but this one is going to be all about the mission. And it was a doozy. Yeah, there's like three parts to this. And we find out that Buck and Clevin have the worst part in this move as well. They're basically, I don't want to say bait, oh man, but they, they did not have the protection that they needed. It was, it was way late in this, uh, in this game here. Not a game, but in the mission. Oh, it was, it was completely unlike the debrief mission <laughs> that they were that they were debriefed for. I mean, it was supposed oh, to yeah. be a, and I, I man, I would love to do some off-air researching on this mission and the call from LeMay to send up the 100th, right, up there mm-hmm. with, alone. Because yeah. it was supposed to be a three-pronged, like they said, like a one-two combo or, you know, that mm-hmm. sort of thing, where the third's coming in as the knockout punch. Uh, they're targeting a, a ball bearing factory that was supposed to halt or dra- dramatically reduce like the German manufacturing capabilities uh, yes. at that time in the war, which I appreciated the setup for, right? Set the stakes mm-hmm. of what we're doing, which they didn't, really didn't do well in the last couple episodes. Set the stake of like, hey, if you're successful in this mission, this is what happens, right? Um, yeah. Which in all of the death that occurs in this episode, they were successful in bombing the factory and um they lost a lot of lives to get it done but they were supposed to have two other i keep on saying platoons but i think it's like air squadrons that were supposed to um assist them on this so that it wouldn't have been as much of a um fish in a barrel situation that you see especially in that slow-mo sequence that they do up in the air where they put the music over it and you just you're just seeing all the luftwaffe just like flying around them they're just these planes absolutely have no chance against a fighter jet which i did i wasn't expecting that heading into the show i thought that these were going to be fighter jet pilots but they're bomber pilots yeah big big difference um Mm -hmm. but yeah man they were dropping like flies in this episode like the the entire episode which is just crazy i think we lost about 50 percent, almost exactly i think we went up with 21 came back with 11 or went to Africa with eleven. Those are not those are not good odds. No, and uh, you know, you lose a major character too in mm-hmm. in Kurt Biddick, who didn't have to die, right? You saw a lot of um, you saw a lot of tough decisions being made, and I don't say that lightly, but you you have that like harrowing scene of the of the kid who's trapped in the turret. Uh, oh yeah, turret box, and he's like. I think pinned in there by one of the, um, like something something pertaining to the to the turret, 
but um, you just see everybody's decision making. Like, hey, do I save my life? Do I try to save his life? In Kurt's situation, his co-pilot was all all but dead uh, already um, mm-hmm. in the passenger seat, and he did something honorable. I mean, he tried to emergency land the plane to save him, and and he died. Which uh, I would assume, with how historically accurate the show is, is is probably pretty accurate with um, what happened then. And yeah. you get this sense that the character somewhat knew that Kurt was dead because the, everyone's kind of looking back in this episode, right? Because you're flying straight ahead and you get you got these guys constantly looking back to see all right, who's behind. And as the episode progresses, there's just like less and less planes to the point where Buck loses everybody in his, um, in his little uh, grouping. And he has to join up mm-hmm. behind, um, behind Bucky's. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I I honestly thought that they were going to pull up and not crash that plane. Um, I I so, was hoping. I was hoping that those, I was like, I had a bad feeling going into it. We were getting close to the landing. I'm like, all right, maybe, maybe. And then the last second, we just like nose dove right into the ground. He always felt like the character to me that would have been of amongst the three mains, the yeah. one that would have died early on in that sense. Um, if this show was filmed this year with how Barry Keoghan's becoming a, a, like a superstar actor at this point, mm-hmm. um, would it have been this early? I don't know. I don't know if he would have gotten the same character. Maybe he would have taken someone else's role who's, who's a lead on this show. But um, nonetheless, that was a big loss. And the, the tone kind of does change for most of the characters. I, you know, we were talking a little bit off air and I, we kind of ended last episode making a bit of well, two kind of uh, comments on the show. One is that we don't know much about each of these characters yet. Uh, we mm-hmm. don't know their backstories. We have no attachment to them, really. Uh, we don't know anything about their motivations other than like a couple of characters. I'd say maybe um, Crosby and the fact that we know that he's newly married and you know, deeply in love, but we don't know anything about the background between Bucky and Gail's uh, friendship. Yeah. We don't know. I don't know if you got the same sense. I mean, we're on episode three and when Bucky's looking back for the plane and he's like desperately looking for Buck, um, I didn't get that sense of like, I have no attachment to this friendship that these guys have. Why? Because it still <laughs> feels one-sided from Callum Turner towards Austin Butler. Uh mm-hmm. Buck all you know this is like probably the most words Buck ever has said and he's probably the the chief character in this episode because of the way he has to keep the panic contained in his uh in his plane right you got his co-pilot who's yeah. losing it he's constantly having to have it out with him uh pretty much till they land in Africa which was crazy that the entire mission went from the UK all the way to Africa that's insane yeah, it is insane. I do think that, uh, you know, Clevin did a good job at reining in the, the chaos while flying the plane, but oh, I do yeah. get the perspective of the co-pilot. I mean, man, their engines are all shot. Like, that plane was shot to hell. I don't even know how that thing was still flying. Right? Like, I get it. I get it. Did a good job, though. I like, I, I think he actually stole this episode for me. Who, the co-pilot of Clevin's? Clevin. No, not the co-pilot. Oh, okay. Clevin. Oh. I mean, the co-pilot. I mean, come on. Yeah, I mean, you, you you know you're not getting out of the plane, right? <laughs> you're not jumping out. You're not bailing. It's like everything's a bad option in this scenario, right? It's, it is. Are we going to uh, air drive, you know, abandon uh, ship in 
uh, German-controlled territory? Are we going to abandon ship over uh, 350 miles of water? It's probably ice cold. Um, Are we going to, like, what are you going to do? Are you going to go down with your plane? Uh, These guys, there's bullets flying literally whizzing by them uh, throughout the episode. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, I mean, look, it it was one of those things where the show shows you these guys make the call and you got to just live by it. Like, for example, in Buck's scenario, he was right about just about everything in this episode. Um, from staying in the plane to dumping the equipment to using to yeah. not releasing the landing gear until the very last minute to make the landing strip. But then on the other side, you have Kurt, who you know in the previous episode, emergency lands a plane, right in um mm-hmm. in Scotland. But yeah. in this one, he attempts to do the same. He, you know, he saves his whole crew pretty much, tries to save the last person on his crew, and makes the wrong call. He could not land that plane safely, and he ends up. I know I always say if you don't see the body, but he's certainly dead in a show like this, for sure. Yeah, no, absolutely. I I just, I feel like it was such a poor decision. I mean, his co I mean, you're right. His co-pilot was dead. Like, I, well, I was surprised that he was breathing up, in any way. Like, yeah, dude, if his co-pilot doesn't wake up, he probably doesn't try to emergency land it. That guy got, like, shot all up and down across the chest, you know, everywhere from heavy caliber bullets uh, from a plane. So... No, I think I think it's a, look because you think about it. I mean, you're making these decisions in a, in a span of a minute, two minutes. It's true. It's true. And his first inclination was, you know, not valuing his own life over his co-pilot's life. So if that's your first inclination, that's how you go out. It's a hell of a way to go out. It um, is. I gotta ask, given yeah. the option, mm-hmm. would you want to bail over German territory? Over the ocean, 350 miles away from land, or push your plane to Africa and see if you can make it there. I'm, I mean, hypothetically, like obviously, it's it's all shit talk because you know it's all you know, big guy talk from our podcast uh, <laughs> position here. Our nice uh, cushy chairs, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you try to push the plane as far as you can go. At this point, you've lost too many people. Uh, to not try to push forward the mission. Otherwise, their lives are were for not, you know, if you don't push first and foremost, because that guy wanted to abandon ship before the mission was complete. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you push as far as you can to get the mission done. Otherwise, like everybody who just died, died for no reason, you know? Yeah. Um, if you don't try to finish that. And then you try to push to Africa, man, because you saw the blonde soldier. I don't, I didn't catch his name. Uh, I don't know if you can look it up, but I, I don't know if you'll find it on IMDb. Although he does seem like he's going to emerge as a central character. Oh, uh, so we should we should look that up. Um you see his options is it's like crap, well, you know, crap one and crap with a can on. It's like do you want to escape if you escape German controlled territory and are caught, you will be killed or you can surrender, you might you more than likely will live, but you got to be under German occupation or like German uh control until the end of the war, which you have no idea in 1943 how long this war is going to extend he would have he would have had to have been uh captive for years you know so uh, yeah it, which no you're just not saying you're going to survive that because what if the americans or the or the british bomb where you're being held or something you know <laughs> like mm-hmm. or i mean you well, got who, the, the, the germans massacring people that, you know yeah. what, they're not going to kill you give me a break 
who's to say that they're going to adhere to the Geneva Convention and you know yeah. all of that good stuff and you know, treat you properly? I mean, they all, a prisoner they of war already is still were. a prisoner of war. Like it's it's a Pretty very sure dangerous that, thing. I mean, if you're if you're killing uh, civilians, how are you um, like purposely going out of your way to kill civilians? How are you following the Geneva Convention? You know? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Anyways. Well, I have to read up on the Geneva Convention. I I have a feeling that he's, yeah, I don't know. If if I were in his shoes, as I say, the sitting from my chair, like you you kindly pointed out, uh, I I would want to try and escape. Like that would be my oh, next move yeah, here, right? Like yeah. I I like you've already you've already escaped death, right? Like you bailed out of the plane, so. Well, kind, of, kind of what is there to lose, right? <laughs> I just tried to be a farmhand on the Belgian farmer's farm. His daughter's pretty. You can settle down. Teach me German you know? and uh, yeah. <laughs> till the land. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Like, hey, man, I can help out free. <laughs> yeah. We'll stay here. Uh, I guess you would be considered uh, considered a defector. But, I mean, it's it's every, you know, it's every man for himself when you got to land in a situation like this, right? Mm-hmm. Um. I'm assuming, you know, Germans were trained to, like, soldiers were trained to look in the sky for parachutes in a situation like this to, to hunt down whoever was a straggler, right? I would imagine so. so. I mean, you don't you don't want people landing in your own territory attacking you, so I'm sure they've got say, patrols out it, there. You know, the landing in the water seemed like the worst option to me in this, in this episode because I, how many boats are out there? Like, when is a boat going to be able to get to you? You're 350 miles out from land is at yeah. the point that they were saying it. So, you're not you're not getting to land on your own. <laughs> are there sharks in that water? You know what's you know what's going to go down? Right? Do you have a do you have like a life raft or something? Yeah, yeah, no, or are yeah, you just going to be floating there the whole time? Good yeah. lord, yeah. I feel like um, I would have rather have gone down with the plane. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Well, any thoughts on the like the actual like where does this one stand for you in terms of the other episodes? Like, do you feel like there's been a, a tone change now that they've lost so many lives? Uh, in I mean, they you said it before we we hit record. They lost, I think, over fifty percent of their their mm-hmm. air force. Yeah, yeah, I think we went from twenty one to eleven. It, like that's it's significant. I think. When I compare this episode to a lot of the other episodes, or well, the only other two episodes, um, this one just it starts to give me that sense of scale a little bit. Mm-hmm. Right, like we, we we got to see more of like the, I, I guess a more intimate perspective of like the death and just risk and danger and everything going yeah, on. It's so like you yeah. saw that from a very up close personal perspective in episodes one and two, and now that now that we've pivoted over to episode three here. It is just it is much more large scale, so it's 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 not like micro; it's, it's macro. You're, you're seeing all of this happen, all of this go down. So it it does for me, I think, increase the the risk or the the, the sense of risk as we go into these other missions. Because in this episode, I felt like nobody was safe. Like on it, like halfway through this episode. I wasn't sure if if uh, uh, Bucky or Clevin was gonna make it. Honestly, I wouldn't have been surprised if one of them went down as well. Hey, I didn't notice they had. Um, there's an actor in this, and I don't. I couldn't catch who he played. It was he might be the soldier who was downed in Belgium. Um, 
He's played by Freddie Carter. He's in this show called mm-hmm. Shadow and Bone. Yeah. He was he was really good in the first season of that. I haven't continued that show, but he was really good in that. And he plays Lieutenant David Friedkin. But I don't I don't recall him in this episode. I'm gonna have, I'm gonna have to rewatch it and see where he's at. Um pretty impressive. You know, they the CEO of the base says this is the largest Air Force has ever been sent out on a mission, you know, on this wow. three-pronged mission. And yeah. It just also makes you think, like, the Germans were taking it to everybody to, to, to require this sort of, um, you know, coordination yeah. was, and like this mobilization of troops was insane to think that, you know, they had the, bro, they had everybody on their heels. A couple of, a couple of just like, God ordained mistakes on their side, and you know that war goes a different way. Yeah, I don't know if you ever I, heard like the the Hitler take took a nap during like one of the um one of the key battles, and they the the commanders were like petrified to wake him up. To uh, <laughs> you know, you ever hear you ever hear that story? I have not heard that story. No. Yeah, That's but interesting. um. What's left then of the of the hundreds? I mean, are they going to be stuck in Africa? I did not see a a base anywhere near where their planes um, crashed. You know, I I can't imagine they're going to be stuck in Africa. I I, I don't think the show is going to take a pivot like that and just be like, and now we have our top cast sitting in Africa with nothing to do. Like we're probably going to end up picking up next episode with a flight back to back to base some some big like a uh, passenger plane sort of thing that would be my imagination I, I it didn't seem like there was anything over there okay so what it was was that okay yes he was like so hitler took a lot of like amphetamines and you know and barbiturates and so the, okay. the morning of d-day he was like super groggy Um, so he was pretty much, okay, Hitler stay up to stay up late, sleep late cycle had been a pattern for months and was in a no way unique to D-Day. Um, yeah, so it was the morning of D-Day or something like that. That's an unfortunate time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Von Ronstead may not have known about Hitler's drug dependency and sleep habits, the problem uh, he faced on D-Day was very frustrating. This may have been the only time a top-ranking general had called Hitler's HQ in the morning and demanded to speak to the Fuhrer immediately. Consequently, this may have been the only time Hitler's attendants felt the need to provide a detailed reason or excuse for Hitler's sleep and sedation in the morning. <laughs> and people say it's something of a legend, but uh, major, major, like, leading Nazis at that time, like Von Run said, said it was true. So, <laughs> that's crazy. You learn something new every day. <laughs> yeah, it's it's in a movie. It, there's a movie called I think The Longest Day. That's what they're referencing here on what I'm that reading. Sounds familiar. That, that show. But um, I will say this: this is the best episode of the season so far in terms of giving you a mission, giving you the stakes of the mission, and seeing more growth from Buck, right? Yeah. I think Bucky's MO is going to be constant humor. I mean, he's literally 
The first thing he says to Buck is some like smart ass quip about, hey, you could have landed on the runway. You made it this far. Uh, mm-hmm. While Buck, you know, has lost everybody in his in his little platoon, right? Yeah. Um, and he's got a guy who has his legs blown off on the ship, which Bucky doesn't even like make a emotional response to. So it seems like this is just going to be Bucky's tone throughout. Use humor to get through the war while Buck is like, it honestly feels like half the time Buck's about to tell him to go fly a kite. Uh, that's what it looks like on screen. Uh, like, this is what you say? Like, in this moment? Like, what is what is wrong with this guy? <laughs> um, I mean, yeah. I I feel like I, I kind of get it, right? You're young. You you make jokes about horrible things to make it a little light. It's a, it was a very serious situation. It could just be his way of dealing with it. My My issue is just it's Clevin posting for the camera. That's the one that I, I don't love he's he's too just playing it cool and i would rather have a guy cracking jokes trying to make light of the situation than somebody that's just if i mean watching it feels like you're kind of posing for the camera i mean there's not a lot of blocking right there's not a lot of like they're in a cockpit the whole time but um i think that also has a little bit to do with the fact that gail doesn't say many words I, I saw something, I saw it different. I could have seen that like in the first two episodes. It looked like it looked like they were both playing it really cool, to be honest. And we talked about that. And yeah. I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing if you think about this from a, you know, recruiting and glorifying the military <laughs> aspect. You know what I mean? In terms of like yeah. people want heroes, people want mythical kind of leaders, right? This guy doesn't have to be, you know, not everybody has to be um, hard-nosed, serious, you know, general. But um, yeah. I get you. I get what you're saying. We literally talked and, and you know, agreed on it in, in previous yeah. episodes. But I saw at least Buck having, you know, emotional moments in this one, in the plane. Although his character always gets to play, like, for example, <laughs> you, you know, the, the kid who leaves the, the guy, the other kid pretty much pinned to the turret and he ends up making yeah. the right call, leaving him behind because they would have both died if he stayed to try to save him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't think that this show's ever going to put Buck in a situation where he has to look like he chose himself over his platoon. Mm-hmm. You get me? Like yeah. it's not going to present him with that with that scenario. Nor is it going to present Bucky with that scenario. I would like to see. I mean, that it doesn't look like Bucky's reading a book the whole time on the mission, but uh, just see some sort of, you know, I I don't know, man. You just flew from the UK to Africa. You lost probably 150 men. You know, I don't know how many men they lost, right? There's how many men are in each one of those planes? About 15, right? Oh, I, I, uh, I'm yeah, not 100% sure. I'm pretty sure I caught it. It was like 15 men in each one uh, of those planes. And they lost, I don't know how many of those planes, at least, at least eight to 10 planes, if I had to guess, right? So they lost at mm-hmm. least 80 plus people on this mission. Um, I don't know. There, there's a certain point where I'm almost certain that, y- yes, you can use humor. In, in situations, but, and I'm not saying be, you know, sobbing or anything like that, but just, just probably just a seriousness, like where nobody wants to talk yeah. of what the hell they just went through, but shell-shocked, you know? Um, it, and by the way, a, the, the episode ends super early. I mean, it's a really short episode. It is a short episode. I mean, like, I feel like a lot happened, but not that much happened in this, right? I mean, if you, if you kind of pull back. It's actually, if you, pull, if, you pull, 
Yeah, the, the whole thing is an action sequence other than the very beginning and then the very end where we're sitting or standing looking off into the sunset. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I mean, massive action sequence. Of course, a lot of small things happen in that. There are, to answer your question, a crew of 10 and a B-17. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's, they're probably flying with 10 people per per plane. So per that's plane. still like 100 You've lost and 10, 10 people. people. I mean, that's crazy. Yeah. 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 I mean, granted, they they did parachute, but nobody knows what happened to those guys. They ain't no cell phones in that day. Another thing, just crazy to see how crucial the navigator was in these missions, right? Um, mm-hmm. To the point where, you know, if Crosby gets it wrong, they're flying in the middle of probably just desert where they don't know where they're heading, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Are we gonna well, get a baby a baby cameo on? We we on almost almost maybe one day. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, if Crosby gets those coordinates wrong, they end up in the middle of nowhere, Africa. Oh and, yeah, and um, Lord knows what happens in that scenario, right? Yeah, I feel like I would rather. Well, I, actually, never mind because. I mean, everybody that, that landed in the ocean, I mean, they're they're basically banking on somebody making it back to base somewhere to tell people like, hey, uh, hey we went down yeah. at this time in this area, here's the coordinates, mm-hmm. you know, they could be miles away by now, I'm sure, but. Yeah, um, it shows, shows how crucial the coordinates and the log, like to keep a log during the mission is. Oh my gosh. Too, which yeah, is crazy. Like, that's, that seems like so much work, so much to keep track of. It's it's insane. And again, yeah. and all on all on paper maps too. Can you believe that? Did you see them dumping the bomb site? How much of a big deal it was to not lose that secret to I did the Germans. Right? Yeah, I was, I was, I almost mentioned that earlier. It was, it's definitely very important. They were very concerned about dumping it over, but he's like, "Look, Clevin says water. we're over water. <laughs> They're not getting it." Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it looked like a nice piece of equipment. I bet it's are expensive gonna, too. Are we ever going to see Bucky fly in this series? Because he's, I mean, he's a reserve pilot, but he doesn't fly. What do you mean? Bucky didn't fly. Are we going to see him just like fly the plane? The I would imagine pilot. at some point. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's, it feels it like feels... it's leading there, right? Yeah. I feel like we're going to have to. Yeah. Yeah. Bucky yeah. didn't fly in this at all. Um, yeah. All right, so he's, we, a he's got he's got to fly at some point like he he wants he wants to be down there with the guys fly the plane oh well, i don't want to backseat driver the entire show sorry <laughs> as i mentioned in um episode one at this time there were no flight limits i believe so they would just fly you until you died pretty much in this scenario right uh there was no like hey you do x amount of missions and you get to go home so we leave off with the with the boys in Africa, a bunch of them scattered all throughout on this on this journey. And mm-hmm. um I'm assuming leading to another mission where they just get flown back to the UK and they gear up for another mission. I wonder if there's gonna be a mission every episode or if next episode is gonna be kinda like no mission. It's gonna be kind of the hangover of this bad decision to launch one platoon, even though it was mission, you know, successful, right? Yeah. Um you know, I wonder if there's going to be like a, it would be a great time to do a flashback episode where you get to see these two meet in basic training mm-hmm. and to see a little bit of the backstory. I'd be open to that. I, I don't want a whole like, not whole, so first off, I don't think we're going to, 
No, no, no. Well, yeah, that too. But I was going to say, I mean, if we do have some sort of hangover from this mission, like you're saying, I, I don't think it's going to be very long. Like, I feel like it would be extremely short just because there's, I mean, we're, we're at war. There's a lot going on. I mean, you're not going to just stop because you feel bad. Um, and we don't have a ton of episodes in the season. It's one season and nine episodes. So we're a third of the way through this already. By the way, it's been an excellent show so far yeah. in terms of just, uh, it's making me really want to go back and watch Band of Brothers and uh, The Pacific just to kind of watch it. Um, Do it. But it's, Apple TV, man, I, I can't say it enough, but they really do. I would say the writing was the best so far this season and this episode. I thought the writing was very good considering, think about all the moving parts. Also, mm-hmm. surprisingly, the iPhone has ridiculously good surround sound audio. If you're just playing it in a very quiet room, um, <laughs> okay. I'm talking about atmospheric audio because there was times I was watching this episode. Yeah. And I, if anybody has like, I don't know what model my iPhone is, but... um. If you're watching it, go to the debrief scene, okay? Be in a quiet room if you can. Zach, I know that's impossible for you right now. Uh, Maybe lock yourself in the bathroom. (laughs) Uh, Lock yourself in the bathroom or something. I don't know. Um, But listen to that debrief scene and you're going to think your neighbors are talking because of the way the audio is coming in. It's (laughs) it's really well done. Um, And I just wanted to point that out that there's little intricate details in the in the production that in the audio design that i i kept on pausing the show like damn who is up at this time like talking in my in my neighborhood and it was from the show so, wow no it, it was like that it was pretty funny good um, hardware and good mixing that'll do oh, it oh yeah oh yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 all right uh let's get into some categories shall we sure let's do it let's uh let's start with favorite character of the episode i already threw mine out earlier so what's yours? Mine is uh, man. mine's gotta Clevin, be, man. Yeah, it's it, it's got to be Clevin with a side of of Kurt Biddick. Um, just him him going out the way he did. Um, sad. I'm honestly, it's it's sad because I like I like this character a lot. I like his yeah. character more than I like uh, Bucky. Um, <laughs> to be honest with you, I know I, I'm always like, I don't know, because it's just one note with Bucky. It feels like. I haven't seen that other side of Bucky yet. So right, right now, um, yeah, maybe yeah, yeah. maybe it'll change. Like, yeah. I mean, we we still have a decent amount of show left to see some character development there and see that, uh, see him. I guess grow up would be the best way to put it. Yeah, but definitely Buck is the uh, is the star of this episode for sure. All right, how about favorite scene of the episode? And I feel like I should say. If like we we can't say well the action sequence if we're gonna we touch it on the specific. action yeah we got to be something specific about it I've got one that sticks out to me that I I liked um, I, I liked when the co-pilot on Buck's plane was losing it and Buck goes get it together you son of a bitch <laughs> we're gonna land in this plane that's that's actually a pretty good uh, Buck impression Buck right? yeah it's it's great yeah. I uh my my Fe- favorite scene. <laughs> <laughs> it's just all the time yeah uh my favorite scene was the guy that was stuck in the turret right it was it was the Ooh, whole yeah I, right. I, i'm not saying i enjoyed him him no of course dying, Zach, of course no, but, you, don't, you don't have to yeah, just, I, I feel like the way that you're like oh i had i had to no, say no, something not no but point. it was it no, was I great said, oh, like it was something. like as in definitely yeah. that's the right that's the right 
See. It was it was good. Like it like it it sucks you in. It it takes you from this like macro moment with, with everything going on. Yeah. So, you know, you're really focusing on this one scenario, right? Like you still get this like human element from it, and it's a tough decision. Um, it uh, is the guy to make. So you're Very right. Tough. By the way, I, I'd have to say in terms of most impactful scene, most memorable scene. Yeah. That is the most memorable scene of the episode. I also thought that there was a very memorable moment when Kurt's character goes, "Oh my god!" When he says like just when he says, "Oh my god!" Like because yeah. he's he's landing this plane, and then there's just that one real it's that realization that he knows he's gonna die. Mm-hmm. It's that mm-hmm. oh my god, like I I made yeah. the wrong decision. Yeah, uh, and he dies because of that honestly that was kind of a haunting moment. The way yeah, he played it, it was haunting. It was yeah. yeah. Uh man, this show this show's kind of heavy at times. How it about is, yeah. uh yeah. how about favorite line? Mm. I thought Crosby was pretty impactful. Uh because he was getting emotional of wanting to get Kurt when Kurt's plane went down and he was getting emotional about that. Mm-hmm. He says, I need to get it right. And it was like you could see it was like his way of honoring him, right? Yeah. I thought that was a that 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 moment stood out to me. The one I just said about Kurt stood out to me. Um, Bucktail and this co pilot. Get it together. That's always that's always a good one. I uh, I really did like the uh, the oh. scene where, where where he's like, what? What are you saying? I I just remembered another one. I'll say it after yours. Oh well, I was I was gonna agree with the one where where the guy's like, you know, I, I want to get it right, like that one. Mm-hmm really does but like when i think back on the episode that's probably like the second thing that stands out to me the most um the third being uh the plane going down uh last minute oh my god like that that would be my number three there yeah it's almost less so aligned and more so favorite moments right it's all it's kind of like a follow-up to the scenes i will say the commanding officer had a a good line where he said we're sending our boys into hell alone or something like that Mm. Uh, that 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 was a memorable line. That um, was yeah. It was at the top of the episode. Yeah. By the way, if I'm Crosby, that snowball, that snow globe goes with me everywhere in life. Everywhere, <laughs> everywhere. I'm going to McDonald's. I'm going to Chick Fil A. I'm bringing that snow globe with me everywhere. Ain't that, that guy's bubble? <laughs> Bubbles ain't getting that thing back. There's no way in hell. <laughs> hey, Bubbles, you got a desk job, Popple. Uh, you don't get the snow globe. I'm going up into the shit every day. Like, give me a break. Oh, Shoot, man. man. That's Anyways. great. Well, Funny is Anthony Boyles, uh, who plays uh, Crosby, he yeah. plays the douchiest character ever in uh, Tetris. Have you seen the movie Tetris? I ha- it was a great movie. Yeah, Apple TV uh, Plus movie. Remember the CEO's uh, son? Mm-hmm. That's him. That's Crosby. It's, it's, it's so, hard to forget him. Yeah, yeah. So he he can turn it around because Crosby's one of the, probably the most likable character on the show so far. Um. Anyways, all right, Zach. Uh, let's round this out. Let's um, do it. A little housekeeping. Some recommendations for people before before we log it out. Some news. Ooh. Apple's releasing a lot of shows. Uh, one of them particularly calls my attention called Constellation. Uh, they also have a new show coming out that they are promoting on this episode of masters of the air called a new look i think it's called uh and i think it's going to be about the founder of dior chanel i don't know one of those brands um it reminded me very much of the phantom thread with um 
Daniel Day-Lewis. That's what it reminded me of. We got some audience members out there who like the fashion world, so they may enjoy that show. Um, Onward, The Bear, Season 3. They begin filming this month, late February. I gotta do something on the bear. I've been saying this since November, I think. I gotta do something on the bear. Weren't they just nominated for a bunch of awards as well? Yeah, man. The Emmys or something? They're, yeah. They're good. Yeah, they swept, I think. Yeah, it was crazy. I, I, I had it on for a little bit in the background. It was like every other... When uh, you finish Game of Thrones, you need, was... to, you need to immediately jump to the bear so that we can no, do a bear wait. coverage. I've, I've got to I've gotta keep moving on to House of the Dragon. Man, it's the, but it'll, it'll be it'll be done soon. I'm already at like season six. All right, all right. Okay, uh, to your outro, Zach. All right. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of Masters of the Air by Story Archives. You can find this podcast anywhere you find podcasts: Apple and Spotify podcasts, primarily. You can visit us on YouTube at Soapbox Podcast Network. Visit our website at Soapbox.house. Email us at contact at Soapbox.house. And there is a link in the description below to sign up for our quarterly newsletter. Until next time, everybody, take care. Have a great weekend. Peace.